to Genesis chapter 28. Thank you to everyone who's been looking after Hayley this morning, Mum especially, up the back there, and to Naomi and Wendy who did a huge job for me during the week with Hayley. Thank you. Okay, have you got it? Genesis chapter 28. I'm reading from the Living Translation. Every word of God's living, but this one's even more living. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm going to start from verse 10. It says, Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and travelled towards Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone for a pillar and lay down to sleep. And as he slept, he dreamt of a stairway that reached from earth to heaven. And he saw the angels of God going up and down on it. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you're lying on belongs to you. I will give it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will cover the land from east to west, from north to south. Um, All the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. Then verse 16 he says, Then Jacob woke up and said, Surely... The Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. And he was afraid and said, What an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the gateway to heaven. Then he got up the next morning, he got up very early, and he took the stone he had set, used as a pillow, and set it upright as a memorial pillar. Then he poured olive oil over it, and he named the place Bethel, house of of God. You know, just recently, uh, there was a couple of carloads of us girls went down to the colour conference at Hillsong Church. And on the Thursday night before we had to leave, um, we were all in the kitchen buzzing and talking about all the great things that God had put into our heart that week. And Beck was on the phone. Is Beck here? Oh, Beck's not here. Okay, Beck was on the phone and um, we realised that she'd, um, she'd seen a boyfriend in Sydney and she'd left her sunglasses in his car and we were travelling back early the next morning. Anyway, you know, there's just this conversation about how can I get my sunglasses back. So we all trotted off to bed and we were camping in this scout facility. It's sort of like a camp campsite. And the compound that we slept in had to be locked up at night by these massive, big, huge iron gates. Like, we felt like, um, I don't know what we felt like, yeah, prisoners, you know. And like, it was like, you must shut the gates, you know. Yes, sir, at the scout camp. Anyway, but like, you know, us girls in the kitchen, we just went to bed. We didn't have the keys to the gate and didn't think anything about it. Anyway, somewhere around about... Three o'clock in the morning, Naomi gets his beep, 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 beep text message and we're all like, oh no, we've got to drive to Byron Bay and we're getting woken up at three o'clock in the morning. Mum, I'm locked outside the gate. It's like, oh no, because no one knew where the key was or who had the key and who wants to wake up 20 women to try and find a key. Anyway, I won't tell you the end of that story. just want to let you feel that squirmy feeling of like, oh no, I'm locked out and it's the middle of the night and I'm not even like I'm in a strange place. Neville had a very similar experience in Russia a few years ago. The Russians took him on a fishing trip 
And they were staying at the eye hospital and Neville got back late at night and it was locked shut. So there he was in foreign old Russia, locked out for the night. And um, thankfully it wasn't minus 20 degrees. But, you know, that's a really horrible feeling, isn't it? being locked out. And I think the devastation that Adam and Eve would have felt when they realised that they're shut out of paradise, shut out of the garden, never to return again, would have, you know, that, you know, that yucky feeling, okay? And I think that's why this scripture, Jacob gets so blown away, because what was shut back at the Garden of Eden, all of a sudden, he sees open, and he's, wow, this is really awesome. This is really awesome. And if we can have our um, overheads up there for Psalm. Okay, Psalm 78 says this. It says, God opened the door of heaven. And then in Revelations it says, There before me was a door standing open in heaven. Okay, Jacob saw that door and he said, Wow. What an awesome place this is. This must be the house of God. This must be the gateway of heaven. Okay? And he called the place Bethel, house of God. Okay, so let's have a look at what house means. Okay, a house is a building for human habitation, a building for special purpose, a family, a royal dynasty, a place of public refreshment. And can I just say to you today that healthy houses are an encounter with heaven's gateway. Okay, God has designed his house to be that haven of blessing that reaches out to the world. Okay, Jacob was promised like the, the descendants of the dust of the earth from east, north, south, west, okay, that they would come. Okay, the church, this is us. God calls us a house. We are his house and in this house is salvation. This is the house of salvation. The house gets showcased here on a Sunday when we're all gathered together but as we go out into our community, his house is carried with each one of us and as we um, you know, go about being his people on this earth, we carry his house, house with us and the Bible also says that the church is a city Okay, so it's a house and it's a city. And in ancient days, the city was surrounded by a wall and the only way you could get into the cities was through doors, exactly the same as a house, okay? The only way you can get in is through a door or through a gate. And we're going to be having a look at the significance of doors today, okay? Doors give us access. Now, in the Old Testament... Okay, doors are incredibly significant places. And um, Psalm 87 verse 2 says that the Lord absolutely loves the gates of Zion. Zion's his city, his house, his people. Okay, but listen to this. These are all the sorts of things that happen to the entrance. Okay, this happened to the entrance of God's house, whether it was when it was a tent or a tabernacle or a temple or the city, okay? This is what happened. God gave his messages to his prophets at the door of his house. He brought the word of the Lord was proclaimed at the door of the house. Sometimes it was even written on the door of the house. The Lord met with his servants and the people that were doing his work on the earth at the door of his house. Um, Angels, okay, were met 
at the door of his house. Abraham met the angels there. Priests were consecrated at the doors of the house. People entered into those doors to worship God. Um, Offerings were made at the gates. People, when they entered in, they entered in with gifts of praise and thanksgiving and rejoicing. There was salvation. There was refuge. There was safety at the gates or at the doors. And the courts were actually held within the gates. Amazing thing. Okay, the elders, the Bible tells us, sat at the gates. And while they sat there, they conducted civic, legal and economic affairs. The poor and the oppressed received justice at the gates, okay? The gates and the doors were the way in and the way out. They were the access. Doors are really significant. Doors in God's house, doors in God's city, which represents the church, are really significant. You know, it was the Levi priests who were the doorkeepers to God's house. Okay, so it's a priestly role. And in the New Testament, God tells us this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. He says, for you are a chosen people, you are a kingdom of priests, God's holy nation, his very own possession. And this is so that you can show others, okay, the goodness of God. So from that, we realise that when we come to God's house, we are the doorkeepers because we are priests in God's house. So what can we discover about doorkeepers? Okay, in the Old Testament, in in the two um, books of Chronicles, it lists Heaps about gatekeepers, okay? Once again, it tells us that they were the Levi priests, the heads of families, okay? They were the chiefs of their tribes. And it was a position of trust. It was an official office, okay? King David appointed gatekeepers. The prophet Samuel appointed gatekeepers. And if you were a gatekeeper and the enemy came along, you were priority to be captured, okay? Your role was so important. Their positions were placed east, south, north and west, okay? Every direction was covered. They also kept the rooms, the treasuries, the keys and they performed lots of other duties because they were priests, okay? Um, And part of them being priests at the doors, okay, was to offer up thanks and praise and worship at the gates. In Nehemiah, it tells us there are 172 gatekeepers. There were stacks of them. And they were all charged with keeping the doors, keeping the gates, keeping the doors of the house of the Lord. Okay. Now, our Jesus, okay, what does the Bible say about him? He says, I am the door. And the amazing thing about Jesus, if you know in in the old times of the shepherds, okay, when they put the sheep in the fold, the shepherd became the literal door of the sheepfold. He used to sleep across the doorway to protect the sheep, stop them getting out and the wolves getting in. Jesus became the door. He is told in John chapter 10, it says that Jesus is the door to the sheepfold. He's the door of salvation. Jesus is our literal door of salvation. In the Old Testament, in the book of Kings, it says that the ancient doors that they used to put on the house and they put on the cities were made of trees. It actually uses the word trees. And you know, Jesus hung on a cross. He hung on a tree for you and for me. And also the Bible talks about in Revelation chapter 21, it says the holy city, the new Jerusalem, the church had 12 gates, 12 angels guarding the gates. The tribes of Israel's names, which is the government for God, 
were inscribed on each gate and the gates were giant pearls. Okay, and we know that pearls are formed through suffering. Okay, Jesus is that door that we're talking about today, that that very gateway to heaven, okay, that we are to be the doorkeepers of. And in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 12, it says this very interesting little statement. It says that Jesus suffered, but he didn't just suffer. He suffered outside the gate, okay? The very door of heaven was rejected and suffered outside the gate. And we get warned in Revelations chapter 3 verse 20, and it says, Jesus says, I stand at the door and I knock. Okay, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with him. Okay, and sometimes people kind of like apply that to people who don't know the Lord. But honestly, that scripture is written to Christians. And it's written to Christians who forgot to be doorkeepers and forgot to leave the door open that the King of Glory might come in. Forgot to do what Psalm 24-7 says, lift up. Your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O everlasting doors, that the King of glory may come in. But, you know, Jesus is amazing. Remember after he was resurrected and he found the disciples hiding in the upper room behind locked doors, okay? And what happened? He just walked on through, okay? Locked doors are nothing to Jesus. In his resurrected state, he could just walk through walls. The gospel is, is just totally about this, okay? The tomb, it says the tomb was shut on the dead body of our Lord and Christ. But on Resurrection Sunday, Jesus burst those tomb doors wide open. He broke it open and Micah describes this to us, okay? It says, one who breaks open the way will go up before them. They'll break through the gate and go out. Their king will pass through before them, the Lord at their head. Okay, Jesus can bust the door wide open and he is the very door of heaven, okay? He is the door of salvation. There's an ongoing theme all the way through scripture of this shut and open And um, we mentioned Adam and Eve at the very beginning today. But in Genesis chapter 3, verse 24, it says this, The angels were set to guard the entrance to the Garden of Eden, the tree of life, and to keep it shut. Okay, it was shut because of sin. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, we can get to the end of the book, to the book of Revelation, and we get this. It says in Revelations chapter 22, it says, Blessed are those who wash their robes, okay, in the blood of the Lamb, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Okay, so in Genesis it was shut, but because of Jesus in Revelations, it gets opened, it gets busted wide open. And we have this contrast If you want to bring the table up for us, okay, the Old Testament, the gates to the garden and the tree of life were permanently shut. But in the New Testament, because of Jesus, the gates to the garden city, the New Jerusalem, and the tree of life are permanently open. What good news. Okay, and it's the same city we're talking about, okay? The the city in the Old Testament was just a model, but the New Jerusalem is the same. There's this access of 12 gates facing every direction, okay, in that city. But the gates in the Old Testament used to shut at night. The gates in the New Testament will never close because there is no night, okay? Isn't that good news? Okay, so praise God for revelation. (laughs) Thank Jesus for the cross. 
The psalmist said, Open for me the gates where the righteous enter, and I will go in and thank the Lord. Those gates lead to the presence of the Lord, and the godly enter there. And I thank you for answering my prayer and for saving me. You know, David had to say that in faith because those doors were shut. And Isaiah prophesied that these doors would be opened. He says in Isaiah 60, Your gates will always stand open. They will never shut day or night, so that men may bring you the wealth of the nations. The kings led in triumphal procession. You know, the wealth of the nations are all the people that will be saved, all those descendants that will be brought in from the east and the west and the south and the north. And then in verse 18 it says, Your walls are salvation and your gates are praise. It goes on in the New Testament. It says that in Corinthians, it says a great door is open because of what Jesus did. And Revelations 3.8 says, See, I've placed before you an open door that no man can shut. Okay, because Jesus, the door of heaven, because of Jesus, the door of heaven is open. The door to his house is always open. And we said earlier that King David was the one who appointed the gatekeepers. Well, it's King Jesus who appoints us as his gatekeepers. Gatekeepers have a heart for the house, okay? A heart to bring people to the very gateway of heaven. And there's an old-fashioned saying that says, home is where the heart is, okay? And I want to challenge us today. Do we truly have a heart for the house of God? Psalm 122 says, I was so glad to go to the house of the Lord and to stand in the gates. And Psalm 27, 4 says, One thing I've desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Okay, doors give access. And this access to the door of heaven, this access to the gateway of heaven is all about others. We read earlier that Jesus appoints us as his priests, which means he appoints us as his doorkeepers so that others may know the goodness of God. And we've got to get others number one in our thinking, okay? The church is not a Christian club for Christians. We're not just here for what suits us. We are here as servants of the king, as gatekeepers, as doorkeepers of the house because Jesus wants others to come to the very gateway of heaven and to go, Surely this is the house of God. How awesome is God? How amazing. There is a door open. I can access heaven. It's all about others. Okay, if you're passionate about the house of God, you're going to be passionate about the salvation of other people. You're not going to treat church like your little comfortable Christian club. Okay, you're going to be prepared just like Jesus to lay down your life that you might be a door that others can come in, others can access heaven. Okay, and because of that, it's a whole thing about being a servant and having a servant's heart. And if we're putting others number one, then no matter what task you are asked to do, doesn't matter how menial or humble it might be, it has a touch of heaven on it because it's all about serving others. Okay, and that gets rid of that my ministry attitude. It gets rid of the, oh, they haven't discovered how brilliant I am yet attitude, okay, because it's not about that. Church is not about you. 
It's about you serving others. It's about you making the way that others might find Jesus, opening the door, keeping the door wide open. In Job 31, it says, I open my door to the traveller. Okay, God's doorkeepers go, come on in and do the big invitation. They, They welcome the newcomer. They welcome the stranger. They're looking out for them. Come on in, come on in. The traveller, the seeker, okay? It's all about having a servant heart. I've got some gloves here today because I want you to really get this in your heart today, okay? I want you to, in your hearts, put your gloves on, okay? I even practice turning pages with these gloves. But I didn't have my wedding ring on. I should have got them for everybody, shouldn't I? And then you'd really remember. Okay, so this is our little visual tag today for you to remember. This is what God has called you to be, is a servant. That's what a doorkeeper is. Okay, now Neville, two weeks ago, preached a brilliant message about the Gibeonites. Who was here? Okay, what did they get sentenced to be? Servants, yeah. What a great sentence. Pick me. (laughs) Okay, now... There's a really cool scripture in Deuteronomy. Um, and <laughs> I don't know if you might agree with me or not. In Deuteronomy 15:17, it says how a bondservant in those days, a slave, okay, got his ear nailed to what? The door of the house he was serving in, okay? So he's like <laughs> they grabbed his ear and, and shoved a, I think they call it an awl, is it? Is that how they say it? Okay, right through his ear, and that meant he was a slave of that house. And, uh, you know, as Christians, you know, we, we sort of think, oh, yeah, that's a Nike name. But in ancient days, that was a derogative name. That was a slur. And what they were saying was like, oh, you're a slave to Christ, you know, and a real put-down name. But we literally are Christ's slaves, Christ's bondservants, okay? And we've got our ear nailed to the door because we are his servants of the house. So that means that there is no task that's too humble because our heart attitude is to serve other people and to lay our lives down for other people. Okay, I've got a great quote from Bobby Houston out of her book, Heaven is in this house. And it goes, when the world steps into the house of God, another quality they should encounter is a breathtaking company of servant-hearted people. Don't you like that? Breathtaking company of servant-hearted people. Servant-hearted because they are the father's children and are literally prepared to do whatever it takes to facilitate his will on the earth. Okay, prepared to lay down their life. Prepared to do whatever it takes. What a great attitude. Prepared to position themselves as doorkeepers at the doorways to God's house. Okay, if there's a door there, we've got to be there. Doorkeepers are on duty. And look, can I tell you today, like we have people rostered on. Roz does the roster for our doors. It's not just about rosters. Okay, it's about a heart. I'm talking about a servant's heart today. And we are rostered on whether we're rostered on or not, okay, because we're servants in the house of God. And Roz would love to have more people going, yeah, I'll go on the door, okay, but I want to 
like really stir you up today that it's beyond that, okay? When you're a servant in the house, you love God's house. You're here, sunshine or rain. You are here because you care about others. And, um, and so it's about your heart. Okay, went out this week and bought some things for my house. And one of them was this. We got something to put it up on. Sam helped me buy it at Crazy Clocks. Okay, what does it say? Okay, all right. So a servant-hearted doorkeeper, okay, is the one who puts the welcome mat out for people. And can I just give you this little sentence about the welcome mat? The welcome mat is the doorstep that precedes heaven, okay? This is the amazing role that Jesus has given us, his doorkeepers. We keep the door of heaven, Okay, And it's about laying out that doormat that people will just so want to be in the house of God. Okay, in Revelations it says, come, come, come everyone who's thirsty, come and drink, come and drink. Okay, We're putting out that invitation. You know, the Queen of Sheba, when she visited God's house in Solomon's days, she was so blown away. She was just blown away. And, you know, God can cause all of us as doorkeepers in his kingdom to create such an amazing atmosphere of love and welcome and just, you know, joy, entering his gates with thanksgiving and praise that people come in and go, far out. I think this is the house of God. I think this is the very doorway of heaven by us having this, capturing this heart, capturing this vision. In the Song of Solomon's, It says that at our doors are treats and a beautiful fragrance. You know, Miranda's sick with the flu like many other people today, but she came in here at 8 o'clock this morning and put those beautiful flowers at the front door. And I, I just love that kind of heart. And God wants us all to have that heart. Like how can we, you know, make it a an experience for people to enter in. You know, last Sunday we gave out treats. Everyone got big Easter eggs, okay? Mother's Day, hopefully we're going to treat all the girls. But, you know, when people walk into God's house, they need to get treated. They need to just be made to feel, wow, I'm so glad I'm here. This is so special. And part of that treating is how we welcome them, that spirit of excellence, okay? Because this is heaven's house, This is heaven's house. We've got to get that in our heart today Um, to have that warm, that welcoming, that hospitable, that just that amazing feeling. When you walk into someone's house that you've been invited to for dinner and you walk in, you smell that really good and you think, oh, I can't wait to eat, you know. And like they sit you down and, you know, like they've been slaving at the stove but you get to sit down and relax and put your feet up and they give you some refreshments or some little treats they might have made and like it, you know, it's great, isn't it? Don't don't you just love that? Oh, I love it. You walk in, oh, yum. And all your um, stomach juices start going and you anticipate how fantastic it is. Well, honestly, I tell you what, that's what the house of God is to be like. That's God's heart is that his house is like that. Every time when we get together, people walk in and go, oh, wow, this smells good. Okay? Are you with me today? Okay, so it's about rolling out the red carpet, okay? Rolling it out, rolling out the red carpet and making people... We are so glad you've come to the house of God today. Um, You could not be anywhere better, just as the psalm says, okay? 
Um, did we jump over that psalm earlier? I bet you we did. We did, didn't we? I've got to read it because it's such a great psalm. One day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Who'd go there? Okay. All right, so we roll out the red carpet and I want this little phrase to stick in your heads today. We want to create the greeting gauntlet. Can you say that? Greeting gauntlet, okay. And honestly, when people come down through our church here at Eastgate, okay, I don't want them to be going, goodness me, where's that door? You know, when we get our extension out the front there, the door will be really easy to find. It's not easy now, okay. There's a jungle out there they've got to fight through to get here. Last week they had to fight through flood waters to get here, okay. But honestly, if we have a heart-filled church that are doorkeepers for the kingdom, there'll be 20 people out there going, hello, come, it's this way, you know, welcoming people in, whether they're rostered on or not, from the car park right the way in. You know, when we're at Colour, I think Beck shared how fantastic it was the very first night we went to Colour and they just had all these young men from all over the world lined up. There would have been, I don't know, 60 of them, hey Beck? And we all got personally escorted into the... um, into the conference and and you know those young guys they just stood there and clapped and cheered us into that conference and that's so what God wants for his house okay we're cheering anyone who comes through those doors because they're going to be at the gateway to heaven okay um another thing so we've got the greeting gauntlet the greeting gauntlet okay the other little phrase I want you to capture in your memory and just put it in your heart is that we go the second mile with a smile can you, see, can you remember that one? Go the with a... Very good, okay. And so, like, honestly, this is the heart of a servant, you know. Oh, you want me to clean the toilets, but I'm not rostered on this week, you know. It's like, yeah, sure, this is the house of God. I would do anything even if I'm not on the roster, okay. It's the attitude of a servant heart because, honestly, if we get this really pumping, the world is so hungry, for a place to come in and find love and acceptance, aren't they? Okay? And, and we take it with us out into our community. We're going to be so excited to bring people to the house of God. Yes? Yes. Okay. In um, Isaiah chapter 7 in the Message Bible, it says, Be extravagant. And in 2 Corinthians 6.13, it says, Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. Okay? It's not about us. It's about others. The welcome mat reaches out into the community. And I tell you what, when we've got this heart of a doorkeeper, this heart of a servant, the community's going to know. The community's going to find Jesus. The community's going to come to the gateway of heaven. Yes? Okay. All right. Um, we read in, um, in the scripture about Jacob, but also everywhere that it describes the city of God, and um, it talks about the doors being facing every single direction. And God wants the doors in this house to be facing every single direction. You know, I read multitudes of scriptures during the week. There are so many gates and they're for all sorts of reasons. There's fish gates and horse gates and sheep gates and fountain gates and dung gates and oh, all sorts of stuff. You know, they face every direction. They're for every kind of occupation. They're for every different kind of person to get into God's city. And God's going, I want you to be doorkeepers that every door is wide open, that there's no door that people can't access the gate of heaven. 
And the other thing that, um, that he says is that they're a great variety, okay? There's so many different people out there. And like they are terrified sometimes of what Christianity represents. But if they bump into you, a doorkeeper, and you can relate to them, then they know there's a door that they can access and come through, okay? Now, Mark chapter 2, 2 says this. It says, The crowds wanting to hear Jesus in Capernaum was so great, there was no room at, at all at the door, nothing at all. And so what did they do? Do you remember? They had their crippled friend that they so desperately wanted to bring to Jesus. They climbed up onto the roof and they busted through the ceiling and they created a new door, okay? And I'm prophesying over you guys this morning. Honestly, Jesus so wants people to get into the house, even if it's so crowded, okay? But he is going to birth in your hearts new ministries and new ways, okay, for people to access the house of God. And I believe that with all my heart. And honestly, if there's something stirring in your spirit, come and share with us that no one is left out. You know, sometimes the church is the best kept secret in our culture. And that is such a shame. We have life. We have truth. We have reality. And everyone else is searching for it. We've got to not let it be a secret, okay, and make doors in every direction. Innovative and creative ministries will be birthed in this place. Now, last week, for those of you who weren't here for Easter, Neville preached a great message about the table, about the meal table being a brilliant door for people to access Jesus, okay? So if you weren't here, get the tape and um, have a listen to that or the CD these days. Now, Debbie, where's my friend Debbie? There she is. Give us a wave. Debbie has just such a passion for people who go, yes, I want to be a new believer in Christ, okay? They want to cross through. They want to get through that door of salvation. And she is looking for doorkeepers who will keep the door of being here when somebody walks through that that new belief door, okay, that will sit... Stand, sit, walk with them through that door. So she approaches you or you knock her over with your enthusiasm um, to be, yeah, yeah, pick me. If people get saved, I'm there for them. I'm going to support them. I'm going to talk them through it. You know, right at this very moment, we're putting together 1,000 packs for new believers. And those packs aren't going to gather dust, are they? Okay? And so Debbie needs a lot of people, a lot of doorkeepers on that one. Um, I want to sow some vision for you for Sunday nights. You know, a few weeks ago, Josh Moyo was here and heaps of you found extra energy to come back on a Sunday night. And, you know, we created an atmosphere on that Sunday night that is conducive to people to be saved, to come to the gateway of heaven. So I want to challenge you this morning. Where did you find your energy to come out for that one special event? You should be able to do it every time the house of God is open. Okay, we have got an opportunity here on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, in our links groups, in our outreaches, teddy bear picnic, you name it. Okay, we need doorkeepers. We so need servants who go, yes, the house of God is open. I'm there. I'm there. I'm going to be out there greeting people, whether I'm rostered on or not. Okay, I'm going to be here ready for when those people get saved. I'm going to talk them through the salvation steps, okay? We need doorkeepers and we need you to go, yeah, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I can go the extra mile with a smile and realise we have a great opportunity. We have an 
excellent opportunity to bring people to the gateway of heaven, not just Sunday mornings, but Sunday nights and every other time we get together. Don't waste a wash, okay? Um, Let me see, Roz, our beautiful Roz over here. Okay, she's always looking for people to to literally go on the door thing there. Okay, she needs to be knocked over in the rush. We don't need just two people on. We need the greeting gauntlet. We need people that are happy to come, stand with umbrellas when it's raining, stand with torches in the night. My goodness, our church is so dark out there. One day we'll have the money to put these great big floodlights on so the whole of Byron Bay knows we're here and we compete with the lighthouse, okay? But at the moment, it's dark out there on a Sunday night so we need people with torches who go you know I'll help you to and from your car what about our mums that come that have got like a bunch of little kids and they're all by themselves you know is this a Christian club or are we here for others can we go oh look I'll help you get all your gear out of the car I'll help you look after your kids come on in what about other people who just need that helping hand it's the heart of a service okay you made it into church all right but what about others what about others that's what we're here for it's we're not here for ourselves we're here to make the stranger feel welcome the visitor feel welcome the person doing it hard, feel welcome. You know, it's really hard for young mums, for any mums, okay, to be at church with their kids and they need us to help them do that, okay, to be there for them. I just like, they are my heroes, mums, especially single mums who make it here all by themselves with their kids and battle through. It's a tough environment and they need all of us to serve them, to serve them and to love on them. Um, last year we had Watoto Choir come through, those gorgeous orphan children from Africa. And, you know, I just want to commend you, East Gators. We had the a and I Hall at Bangalore, chock-a-block with community people. And all the people serving them were our people, okay? Roz did a great job. She got heaps of you there. We had the car park guys going. We had the greeting of Gauntlet. And, you know, we got letters from the community going... We were just so blown away by how, you know, welcoming and warm and just wonderful your church made us feel. That's what we need to have all the time. And we can do it. We can do it, okay? Can you see how important it is? When I go to Hillsong Church, there's a friend of mine. His name is Serge Gregoric, and he's on the pastoral staff there. You will always see Serge at the door. He's always there. I've never been and he's not there. And he waits out there and like they have masses of people waiting there to greet you and to make you feel really special. But Serge is always there. And um, and like I just get that way if I rock up to a conference or whatever. I'm looking out for Serge, you know. <laughs> he's going to be there because he's always there. He's a faithful doorkeeper. And he is an amazing guy. Out of all the millions of people that go through the doors of that house, he remembers me. And it's like, oh, g'day, you've come all this way and you're here again. And, you know, he makes me feel at home. I feel like, yeah, I'm at home in this place. That is the heart where to be. Just like Serge Gregoric is his name. He's a great man. We need to make people feel at home. That is God's call today, okay? Jesus has busted the door wide open. He has appointed us as his doorkeepers. But do we have a heart for the house? Do we have a heart 
for the house? Are we prepared to lay our lives down like Christ that others may come to the very gateway of heaven and find Jesus, the door of salvation? Um, It says, are we up to that one? Jacob said, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. What an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the gateway to heaven. And he named the place house of God. Okay, we've got a desire here at Eastgate to release our house to a whole new level of loving and serving people so that our community will know the door is wide open. Okay, our community has to know the door is wide open and his spirit empowers us to lay our lives down, to go that extra mile with a smile, to be a doorkeeper in season and out. Now, Matt's going to come with the band and they're going to play a song. But I do not want to finish today without giving an invitation to anyone here today. If you have not met the door of heaven, if you have not met Jesus Christ, then I invite you to come. We would be so thrilled to introduce you to Jesus. Okay? He is the best He is the best and um, we would be so happy to introduce you to him. I'm just going to pray and then as the band sings this great song to end today, if you would really like to meet the door of heaven, Jesus Christ, and you might have come with a friend today, um, you know, like tell them, say, can you come down with me? I want to meet Jesus and we would be so pleased to introduce you to him and to walk you through the steps of salvation. So can we all pray? Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for this house. I thank you for our house, your house. I thank you that you've called and appointed us as your doorkeepers for the house. Father, I pray that you would stir in us, stir up our hearts, how we can lay down our lives for others. And Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, Lord, if there's people here today who have not met Jesus Christ, that you would just stir their heart. Lord, we would so love to introduce them to you. Lord, let this house be a house of salvation. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So if that's you today, if you want to stand, if that's you and you want to be introduced to Jesus, we would just so love to do that. Bell's just got a word.